What's good, yo? Welcome back to another episode of Perspective with Caleb Jackson. So this is actually, yeah, this is the second episode, but this is actually the first one of actually advertised on Twitter, I guess, because I have the first one on there. It's about how I see America in my eyes, and I didn't advertise it because, quite frankly, it's kind of, yeah, I think it's kind of bad. It might not be bad, but it was the first one, so it's kind of awkward I guess for me just trying to break the ice so but I got out of the way and now we're just gonna get this ball rolling because I kind of like doing this so first of all I want to say if you're listening thank you um second of all the way I'm gonna do this is I'm gonna have my own topics and I would love for people to give me feedback on Twitter and I'll be posting I'm posting tweets about sending me different ideas for podcasts or even send me the actual topic and I will post your name with it and I will add you on Twitter as well. So, and it, it could be anything and I will even, it could be something I know nothing about. I will look it up, do my research, form my own opinion and I will give a podcast on it, on my perspective on it. <laughs> so, first of all, you see the podcast is named Pray For Your Texans Fans. Because we need it. We need it. But first of all, I want to say, pray for, send thoughts and prayers out to everybody in the world right now. Especially America. Because quite frankly, we we don't know what's going on. And it's dark times at the moment, but I believe we'll get through it. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Trust me, 2020 has not been nice to me, personally. But we're going to make the most out of it while we are here. So, with that being said, also, pray for your sports fans, please, because sports collectively, we're all going through it. The NBA was supposed to start the playoffs tomorrow, so we're gonna have a lot of a lot of sad boys on Twitter tomorrow. So it's you know, I wish I could say it didn't bother me that much, but it kind of does. And like I said, pray for all sports fans. I'm talking baseball. Pray for your tennis fans. Pray for your bowling fans. Because, right, quite frankly, can't anybody do shit right now. So, I think we're just going to have to stick with it. Sticking it together. And we got this, y'all. The only people I can probably think of that are actually happy this is going on is probably the Astros. Because, not hating on the Astros, I was happy to win. I was happy to see them win their title. And I, could, I can't consider myself an Astros fan. But at the same time, you know the Astros are going to have some uh, some straight pitches coming at them this season. You know, cheating, in quotation marks, cheating. But, hey, you know, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Just ask Tom Brady. But, like I said, Astros are for another topic, and Tom Brady is definitely for another podcast. That Those podcasts are coming. Just wait for it. So, just to hit on the actual topic of everything right now, send thoughts and prayers out. To your Texans fans, please. Because we don't know what's happening right now with our team. You know, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. And so we just, mm, we don't know what to do. So I guess for to get y'all to understand the mind of a Texans fan, I got to go back to the beginning. And I'm talking the beginning, beginning, like 02. So 02, if y'all know, 02 is when the Texans first started the franchise. Actually, I'm going to stop right there. And I will say the problem with the Texans right now 
There's no none other right now than Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien has been the Texans coach for, this is going to be his sixth season, I believe, now. And we have yet to even make it past the division round. And I think I speak for all Texans fans right now when I say either this year or next year, Bill O'Brien is, no, this year he's definitely on the hot seat. I feel like if he doesn't make it past the division round, we need to get rid of him. And But, I mean, with the McNairs as the owners, we have we don't have any much saying in that, but um, personally, I th- I think I speak for all everyone when we say Bill O'Brien has got to do something now, because he's had a Super Bowl caliber team for the past six years roughly. There was a couple years that they were kind of eh, but like I said, we'll get to that in a second. So to the beginning, Houston Texans became a team in '02, fresh out. They're, at first, you know, they're the Oilers. They're a bunch of different teams before. But now, now we're the Texans, okay? So, we go 0-2, and we select with the number one pick overall, David Carr. Which, David Carr is actually, if you know anything about David Carr, you would know that he is in the conversation for probably one of the biggest busts of all time. He ended up posting an overall... Cute uh, touchdown to interception ratio of 65 to 71, something like that. So basically, as Texans fans, we don't talk about the Texans from about 02 to about 2010. All right, the only shining star in the Texans from inception to, like I said, around 2010, it was our 03 draft pick, Andre Johnson. Okay, Andre Johnson. Arguably, I will argue and say he's one of the best receivers of all time. Easily top 10 for me. Uh, didn't need winning titles, but he was just consistent throughout his career. Always had 100 catches, especially with the quarterbacks he had throwing to him. The man was amazing. And I think he should be a Hall of Famer first ballot. I'm not sure, but like I said, we can save that for another time. But yes, yeah, so 2010 was about when the Texans started to kind of turn things around you kind of saw a bright spot still six and ten but you kind of saw like the tides were kind of turning at the time so 2010 was the emergence of arguably uh, what personally one of my favorite players and arguably one of the best undrafted players of all time arian foster and like i said we can argue all right arian foster was a top at the time the best running back in the league if not the best top three easily because the man just dominated 1,600 yards in 2010, something like 1,200 yards in 2011, 1,400 yards in 2012, and steadily posted double digits and touchdowns for both receiving and rushing. And all that weighing at, at being a 6'2", 225-pound back is just kind of unprecedented. So, so yes, Texans 6-10 in 2010. 2011 comes around and we draft that man, J.J. Watt, surefire Hall of Famer, easily one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant defensive players, or you can even say player of the, the past decade. So 2011, that's when Houston kind of gets that kind of spark going. Go 10 and 6 along with the quarterback, Matt Schaub. We'll get to that in a second. We go 10 and 6, 2011. Uh lost in the uh, first round of the playoffs, division round of the playoffs, but, you know, 
it happened, you know. But that was the first time Houston ever been to the playoffs, and it was the first time they ever won a divisional championship. So, good year. 2012 comes around, and Matt Schaub, Matt Schaub's having decent seasons, okay? Good, too great, not great, but above average, good kind of seasons, okay? So, Houston posts a record of 12-4, and four, and, you know, things are looking good, you know. Sadly, another loss in the divisional round. But, uh, you know, it happens. It happens. And this is coming from a team who, you know, just kind of vacates the first eight years of existence, okay? So, then we come to the 2013 season. And trust me, that was a hard season, okay? I think the hardest part of that season was the fact that Peyton Manning himself wanted to come play in Houston, but we were so dead set on Matt Schaub that we just didn't accept him. So, and then obviously you see what Peyton Manning went and did for the Broncos. So, we'll see how that turned out for us. Um, so, 2013 season, Houston completely tanks. Goes 2-14. and 14, And it's sad because it was a 14-game losing streak. We won the first two games barely in the, both overtime wins, I believe. If you go back and look at it, you can go back and fact check me if you want to. Don't quote me on anything. But, lost the first two games. Oh, one of the first two games, lost the last 14. Matt Schaub set a record for the most consecutive games with a pick six thrown. And let me tell you, it was not a good season. I actually remember going to the Raiders game that season down in Houston in case Keenum ended up being the starting, the quarter, starting quarterback. And he got injured around the second or third quarter. I remember watching Matt Schaub come onto the field in Reliance Stadium. And the whole entire crowd started booing their quarterback. <laughs> and I was kind of like, is he that bad? Like I said, I was maybe 13, 14 at the time, maybe. So it was a good experience. I mean, I wish we would have won. It was a sorry season, but, you know, it happens. Arian Foster that season had also hurt his back. And so he had to have back surgery, missed the whole season. Um, and then... I think it was the Colts game that year. Right when it looks like we're going to turn things around for the season. I think we were up 21 to nothing at halftime. I'm like, okay, look. Losing streak's over. We're going to win, okay? Case Keenum was a spark plug through like three touchdowns in the first half. And then the head coach, Gary Kubiak, has a stroke. <laughs> you know? And you, know, yeah, that's when I knew the season. Like, it just wasn't, it wasn't our season at all. You know, so. We can sadly, we can, well, sadly, we can uh, put that season behind us and uh you know just keep moving forward so 2014 comes around and bill o'brien becomes the new head coach for the texans and back actually you know what back to the 2013 season because gary kubiak ended up getting fired and then wade phillips defense coordinator if you know football you know how good a defense coordinator wade phillips is wade phillips comes in and fills in and you know houston still loses out the rest of the season but then two years, two or three years later, they go on, and Gary Kubiak and Wade Phillips go to Denver with who? Peyton Manning, and then win a Super Bowl. So, you, like I said, you see how that works out. So, 2014 comes around, and Bill O'Brien is now the head coach for the Houston Texans. Now, Bill O'Brien at the time was a tenured coach throughout college and a little bit of NFL. He was an assistant coach for the Patriots. For a couple of years, then became the quarterbacks coach. 
So his claim to fame is that he coached Tom Brady. And then um, 2011 was the offensive coordinator and went to the Super Bowl with them and ended up losing to the Giants. Eli Manning is the Patriots killer. Okay. And so 2014 comes around. And, uh, 2012, 2013, Bill O'Brien was actually the head coach at Penn State University. If you know anything about Penn State around that time, they were going through it with the whole Jerry Sandusky, Joe Paterno scandal. Rest in peace, Joe Paterno. And so basically, if you don't know anything about that, you know, uh, child abuse claims, Joe Paterno gets fired, and then he passes away three years, oh, three, not three years, three months after. And then the NCAA hits... Penn State with ungodly sanctions but during that time during Bill O'Brien's time at Penn State he kept them afloat you know when times were looking bad posted an 8-4 and four record and then a 7-5 and five record 2012 and 2013 so then 2014 comes around now he's a head coach for the Houston Texans now the Houston Texans like I said they were 2-14 in 2013 so 2014 they come and have the number one overall draft pick, and they draft none other than Jadavion Clowney. Like, but now, knowing what we know now, yes, O'Brien should have drafted Khalil Mack or Aaron Donald, but you know what? That's for the past, and Jadavion Clowney ended up turning into a decently solid player. But, I mean, he had his injuries, but uh, we'll get to Jadavion Clowney in a second. So, 2014, Houston posts a 9-7 record with good old Fitzpatrick. For my NFL fans, you know Fitzpatrick is Mr. Fitzmagic. So, 2015 comes around, and now the Houston uh, Texans are again 9-7 with Brian Hoyer at quarterback. And, uh, you know, Brian Hoyer was serviceable. Now, it, there was actually Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett. I think Brandon Whedon started the game as well. And each of them either got injured or just got their spots taken because they just stunk it up. I actually remember, not twenty, not 2015, maybe 2014, Arian Foster was actually starting quarterback at the Wildcat one of the games. So that's how bad it was. But, so, 2016 comes around and everyone knows Houston needs a quarterback. Now, Houston has its pieces all in place everywhere to have a Super Bowl caliber team. The one place we need is a quarterback. And who do we get but Brock Osweiler, who had posted a winning record while Peyton Manning was out for the Broncos. And then Houston signs him to a, I believe it was a four-year, $80 million deal. Ends up being one of the worst signings, arguably one of the worst signings of all time. Osweiler stunk up the place the whole season. Uh, for being a 6'8 quarterback, I don't see how you have that bad a vision. Um... But somehow, Houston still made the playoffs in 9-7. And almost, not I'll say almost, but in hindsight, we could have knocked off the Patriots that year. I believe we could have. But the, the defense was absolutely solid that time, all right? And also, there's a rising receiver coming throughout these years. After Andre Johnson left Houston around 2015, I believe, his predecessor was DeAndre Hopkins. And DeAndre Hopkins, right now, I make an argument to say he's the best receiver in the league right now. And, you know, like I said, you can come on here and argue with me once this quarantine ends. Um, so, 2016, it gets stunk up. But this whole time, 
DeAndre Hopkins is steadily having a thousand yard seasons. No matter who the quarterback is, he's having a hundred catches and a thousand yards. Okay. So like I said, twenty sixteen happens, Oswald stunk it up, we got rid of him. So now we desperately need a quarterback. And then in round one, we take none other move up to number twelve spot and take none other than Deshaun Watson from Clemson. And Deshaun Watson is basically Houston Superman. That guy is, is something, okay? He's special. So, the 2017 season comes around, and here's where I kind of saw a little red flag with O'Brien. He doesn't start Deshaun Watson his first game. So, we were kind of all like, okay, you're starting Brian Hoyer for what? Whatever. But Deshaun ends up coming in second half anyways. The first game they lost, but it's whatever. So, after that, the first eight games, Deshaun Watson went on an absolute tear, okay? He ended up posting, he tore his ACL week eight, I believe. But through week eight, just half the season, he posts a 19 touchdown to nine interception ratio. Nine interceptions, he's a rookie, okay? But just to keep in mind, halfway through the season, he was at 19 touchdowns as a rookie. And Peyton Manning's rookie record for the whole season was 27 touchdowns. And halfway through, Deshaun was at 19. Just to put things into perspective, okay? So, sadly... Deshaun gets hurt, tears ACL, out for the rest of the season. And so Houston goes again, 4-12. and 12. So sad. So Deshaun comes back in 2018. And this is when I thought Texans really had a shot. Okay, but like I said, I say the same thing every year. Oh, it was always next year. But <laughs> you see how that works out. So the Texans come back. 2018, and they have Tyron Matthew, my favorite player in the NFL right now. And like I said, I have a lot of different favorite players. You'll find that out throughout the duration of all my podcasts. But Tyron Matthew's on the team, and the Houston Houston ends up posting a 10-game win streak that season. Uh, they lost the first game, I think, or lost the first two games, something like that, and then just go on an absolute tear. And ended up going 10 and 6, I believe, and losing in the wild card round, I believe. Wild card, the first round, you know how Houston does. Um, and then Houston comes back 2019, okay? And this is where everything gets interesting. 2019 was a very, very interesting season for the Texans. Now, I'll go ahead and say the Texans went 11 and 5 and ended up, like, again, getting. Absolutely slaughtered and massacred by the Chiefs in the divisional round. Nothing new. Okay, but let, let me just give you a rundown of how 2019 went for Houston. And this is where you kind of start seeing how Bill O'Brien's kind of faring, okay? So, keep in mind, the whole entire time, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins were forming a bond like no other, okay? These guys always worked out together, and you can just tell when they played on the field the kind of chemistry they have, okay? So Houston had a lot of holes to fill coming into the season. It was kind of going like, kind of looking like, eh, you know, what are we going to do? So August 8th, the first trade was a 2023 round pick for Duke Johnson with the Cleveland Browns. So that actually ended up being a good pick. The Texans had a very, very dismal looking backfield when in terms of depth. So Duke Johnson ended up having a pretty good season for the Houston Texans playing running back and playing the slot 
And, you know, I, as a Texans fan, personally, I think I can speak for everybody when we say we were all impressed with what Duke Johnson did for us, okay? So, like I said, we drafted Jadavion Clowney. Okay, this is August 31st. And August 31st was a big day in terms of trade for Houston. So, Jadavion Clowney has turned in, by this time, Jadavion Clowney has turned into one of the premier defensive players. I, I, you know what? I would say premier, but he's turned into a very, very, very solid defensive player in the NFL. Easily in the conversation for one of the best, or one like all all around one of the best, we'll say that. So he's demanding a big contract, but you're gonna have to sign Deshaun Watson. You already have Hopkins on the big contract, and you got a lot of other guys coming in. You know, a lot of good guys to be demanding big contracts. So sadly, Jadavion Clowney gets traded to the Seahawks. For who? The Seahawks give us a couple outside linebackers and Jacob Martin and Barcavius Mingo. And Mingo has an okay, he was, he was an okay player. And also, Houston got a 2023 20, round pick, okay? So we didn't, so we had to get rid of Clowney, but luckily we got two more players to take his place. Sad, it was sad to see him go, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. So now, here's where things get interesting, okay? So Bill O'Brien, we have a, so for the Texans, we have a, a offensive line problem. Had, still probably do have, okay? So. And then we kind of needed another threat at receiver. Will Fuller is amazing when he's healthy, okay? And if you know Will Fuller, he gets injured a lot. Excuse me, sorry. Excuse me again. So if you know Will Fuller, he gets, he's kind of injury prone. But when he plays, that man is gold. Um, so Houston needed a receiver, and they needed to beef up the O-line a little bit. So Houston, Bill O'Brien trades a 2021st round pick. A 2021 first round pick, and then a 2021 second round pick for Joe John, Johnson, Batamosi, and Julian Davenport. Not they, we didn't get them; we traded them away. So this whole entire package we sent to the Dolphins was a 2020 first round, 2021 first round, and a 2021 second round. Johnson, Batamosi, and Julian Davenport. Batamosi's a corner. Davenport's a tackle for Larry Tunsil and Kenny Stills. At first, we were kind of like, okay, what is this man doing? Also, at the time, Bill O'Brien has just got moved into both a head coach and GM position. So, um, he's kind of got complete control. I said, at the time, we are like, what is he doing? But, Kenny Stills ended up being a solid player for the Texans this year, this past year. And so has Larry Tunsil. They really, kind of, they really contributed to the success of the Houston Texans this season. And, in hindsight, it's actually a pretty good move seeing how they did for us so that's just my opinion but just bear with me also this is all continued on august 31st okay so then they trade a 2020 sixth round pick for um no not, not for uh keon crossing so Batamosi had left of course to the who did i say the dolphins <laughs> sorry about that Batamosi left to the Dolphins, so Houston needed another corner, another reserve corner. So they traded a six-round pick to the Patriots for Keon Crossing, you know. And he ended up being pretty good on special teams, so can't be mad about that. So continue with August 31st, okay? So we traded offensive tackle Martinez Rankin for Carlos Hyde with the Chiefs. So our starting running back, Lamar Miller... Tears ACL, so he's out in the preseason, so he's out for the rest of the season. So now the backfield is looking a little more dismal, okay? 
So Carlos Hyde comes in. And Carlos Hyde had a monster season for the Texans. Well, I wouldn't say monster season. Solid. A thousand yards. I don't remember how many touchdowns, but he had a solid season. He was a solid running back. Him and Duke Johnson provided a great pair in the backfield for us. So August 21st comes around, and, you know, our corners are getting beat up. Bradley Roby's getting injured. Lonnie Johnson's getting injured. Ugh, I love him to death, but my man, not, I was about to say, uh, Jonathan Joseph, I'm sorry. Jonathan Joseph, is uh, he's getting up there in age, so. We trade a third-round pick on August 21st for Garyon Conley to the Ra- with the Raiders. So, and Garyon Conley ended up being a pretty decent corner for us. You know, pretty solid. We also have Vernon Hargraves on the squad. Who I this we'll get to this probably in another podcast. But Vernon Hargraves, I thought was going to be a great, pretty good corner. But you see, he's uh, got released recently. So uh, not recently, a few months back, but. No, it is what it is. So, after the season, of course, we got demolished by the Chiefs. And here's where uh, just all the blue. So, now, you know, coronavirus has hit. And, you know, 2020 is kind of sucking for everybody at this point, right? So, tech, this is I, this is where I believe a lot of Texans fans cried, okay? So, Bill O'Brien, the story goes, Bill O'Brien called in DeAndre Hopkins to have a chat. And Bill O'Brien compared him to the likes of uh, the compared to the scenario to the likes of Aaron Hernandez, which DeAndre Hopkins did not take well to at all. And Bill O'Brien said some choice things about DeAndre Hopkins having his family around and having his kids around at practice and whatnot. And so, like I said, Hopkins doesn't take lightly to it. And also, Hopkins wants a bigger contract. And now, now these teams have more salary cap room, so they were. They would have been able to provide him a bigger contract, but at the same time, and but at the same time, you dealing with Bill O'Brien. So, and if, I can't. Okay, hold on. So, <laughs> Bill O'Brien trades DeAndre Hopkins and a 2020 fourth round pick to the Cardinals for David Johnson, a 2020 second round pick and a 2020 fourth round pick on March 16th of 2020. This is when I think every Houston fan wanted to go find Bill O'Brien and give him some choice words. Um, I can't incite violence on my podcast, so we'll say choice words, you know. Just keep it for Spotify. Okay, so uh, this left everybody scratching their heads because you just traded the best wide receiver in the league for a second-round pick, essentially, and... David Johnson, who is not as good as either running back we have in our squad. Carlos Hyde had 1,000-plus yards. Duke Johnson had 400, 500-plus yards. David Johnson, the last good season David Johnson had was 2016 when he posted 1,000 yards, and he hasn't seen the same kind of production since. So, and I feel bad because David Johnson posted that he's ready to be in Houston, and I think every Houston fan just kind of brushed it off like, bro, we know. We, we, we're dealing with some... We, we like I think he, the fans of Houston feel like we got we had like a, a a brother taken away from us like a cousin taken away from us when losing DeAndre Hopkins so so April 9th comes around and this is where things get kind of like why so 
Bill O'Brien trades a 2020 second round pick that he got for Brandon Cooks. Okay. Now, Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks is actually an interesting story. I think he's been in the league for six or seven years now. He's been traded three times now, despite posting 4,000-yard seasons within his six seasons. So, and he's a speedster. Solid player. And he, so, I'm kind of excited to see what he does. But at the same time, I want D-Hop back. Because I mean, D-Hop was just like the heart and soul of the team and just the heart and soul of almost Houston. You know what I mean? And my Houston fans can, can agree with me on that one. So, and then also we signed Randall Cobb to a, I think, a three-year $18 million deal. Now, Randall Cobb had one good season as well in 2014 with the Packers. That was the season he posted, I think, a little over 1,000 yards or maybe 1,200 yards. And I think I read 12 touchdowns, if I believe. So, but after that, he never saw that kind of season again. I don't think he ever played a full season after that again. So... But yes, that is what the Houston Texans fans are going through, just to kind of put you in our seat right now, just to kind of put you in our shoes, I guess. So, like I said, please pray for your Texans fans because we are going through it. And like I said, I believe that I speak for everybody in Houston when I say this is Bill O'Brien's last year. Because, well, not last year, but he's got to do something because now, you know, you've traded Jadavion Clowney, former first round pick. And DeAndre Hopkins, best receiver in the league, and di- and didn't get any first round picks or any premier players. So I feel like Bill O'Brien has kind of a Belichick complex where he thinks he's Bill Belichick, but he's not, and someone needs to tell him that because while he's had solid success and posted winning records throughout his career for as a head coach, he hasn't really won anything significant. So, like I said, Bill O'Brien. I'm talking to you right now. You got to do something this year or next year, or I think the city of Houston will actually get a petition out and sign for you to sign it for you to get gone, brother. So, but yes, so I'll wrap that one up. So, like I said, pray for your Texans fans, send thoughts and prayers, but also send thoughts and prayers out to everybody in the world. Send thoughts and prayers out to sports fans. And wash your hands, stay inside, social distance so we can be done with this, all right? If I don't see the 4th of July, I'm going to be pretty mad, okay? So, but yeah, anyways, I'll be posting uh, tweets about sending me podcast ideas. And like I said, send them to me. I'll No matter what it is, I'll look it up. If I don't know what it is, do my research, and I will tag you in it. And uh, also give you a little shout out on here. So, I will see you guys next time on Perspective with Caleb Jackson. Peace.